Uh, Bill, how long have you been channeling John Lennon? Oh, it's been um, almost three years now. I started channeling John in uh, January of 1981, about a month after he died. I sensed his presence almost the very minute that he died, and once I sensed his presence, I knew he'd be talking through me pretty soon thereafter. Um, I would imagine that you were quite a, a fan of his when he was here. Uh, to some extent a fan. I, I don't think as intense a fan as, as others may have been, but I followed along with his life and his music from early on in the 60s when he was with the Beatles. Have you been given any indication mm -hmm. as to why Bill Tenuto? Yeah, I have been given some indications. Uh, first, uh, I am a, a very clear transmedium, which is helpful for John because I won't censor or in any way edit what's coming through me. I let John be who he is for the most part. And secondly, according to John, we've had a past life together in which I was his son. This was many centuries ago. And he died very early in that lifetime, leaving me as a little boy without a mother or father. And his story is that uh, this is his way of making that up to me. What, um, <clears throat> what kind of feelings, if any, do you have at the time that you're channeling, John? Well, my own feelings are uh, being very relaxed and out of the way. Uh, whenever I channel John Lennon or any other spirit, that's usually what I feel. In John's case, there's something unique, however. There's an unusual kind of power that goes through me. It's, it's strong, and it feels a lot more magnified and expansive than many other spirits feel. That's what's unique in the character of John Lennon. What is, how long do you usually, is he usually with you at any given time? Oh, John has spoken through me for as long as as uh, five hours with a couple of breaks in between. That's, I think, the longest he's ever spoken through me. Uh, the first time he ever spoke through me was probably the shortest amount of time. That was about five minutes. So anywhere in that range. Is he channel? Is he uh, speaking through anyone else? He's. Uh, he claims he's speaking through several other mediums right now, and he also claims that. Before the ages are over, he will be speaking through hundreds of people and telepathically communicating to thousands, even millions of people. He predicts that that millions and millions of people are just going to feel his presence and know it's him. Is this something that he has to learn to do? I think it's something that he already knows how to do. I believe he knew how to do it when he was in a body. That's my opinion. And... The other half of it is yet to evolve, the other half of it being that uh, that the human race is going to be opening up its its own channels, its own telepathic centers, individual by individual. I'm sure that John is um, quite concerned about peace on the planet. That's probably his main reason for wanting to still be here. Uh, are there other aspects of his personality and other concerns of his, or is there a sense of humor that uh, you're able to share of his as well? Uh, John has an enormous sense of humor. Uh, he, he's still given to being very blunt, sometimes to the point of being abrasive. He uh, has a way of laughing at what's serious and uh, sort of scoffing at tradition and at what's conventional. That's, that's the same John Lennon that I think uh, uh, left us in 1980. He hasn't changed in that regard. 
And uh, if anything, John may have mellowed out a little bit more now. He's probably not uh, uh, quite as angry as he, he was. I know that when he first spoke to me for, for a year or so, he was extremely upset about having left his body so abruptly. That's changed recently. Um, there are many other things I, I suppose that you can find out about John in terms of what's the same and what's different uh, when you talk to him. You'll find he's uh, hilarious at times and very, very serious and philosophical at other times. What would it be you think of that then? Well, I am just a minute then because I'm not quite with you. Just sort of pushing, pushing it through right now, but I'll be with you in a moment. All right, then I'm settling in. In the meantime, what's going on? I mean, what's happening? Where are we and what's happening? Uh, this is John McComb. John Mann is as you, you become acquainted. Hello, hello here, John. Where we are is at uh, what's known as Us Radio. And you're about to be interviewed, if you don't mind. Of course not. And the, the it is, well, Chuck Alden who is doing the interviewing. Uh, and there's Maria here and David also. Hello. Hello. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. You know, you don't have... I mean, you think you got John Lennon, but you don't. You got... You got Miss Spirit. Yeah, that's what I mean. You don't, unfortunately, you don't have me body, but... That's because I ain't got one to offer to you. That's why. But you got me otherwise. And I, I want to say it's a pleasure to be here, because... 
I've been seeking opportunities to speak out to the world about what it is I want to say to everybody, and there hasn't been there hasn't been a whole lot that's changed about what I want to say. It's the same. John, what was it? Was there something else you wanted to tell me? Oh, just just when you mentioned that that uh, this is the radio, I guess you call it radio network, which is being built to to bring uh, the new age or uh, I think the things you were fighting for to more to the media in general and the radio in specific. Awesome. Oh, is this is this? Broadcast a network for peace on earth and goodwill to men. That's the idea. Yes, I do. It's, it's a double pleasure, then. Thank you. John, there are several of us uh, in the room. You've already been introduced. And first of all, I want to tell you that we're all here with love and respect and admiration for you. And thank you for being here. Oh, you're quite welcome. It's, it's my pleasure, but I also want to thank you for being here because, you see, I can't very well bring forth what it is I want to say without the assistance of good people like you, and we're working together, aren't we, to bring it about, to bring about a new phase. I mean, it's been a dream I've had for some time, and I haven't, I haven't lost the dream. In fact, if anything, the it's a dream that's expanded. And male sense of existence is just to bring about a peaceful place on the planet. You know, we could realize heaven on earth. We could realize a place where we could all live together, where our children could grow up in love without fear. And that's what I want to bring about, but I can't do it alone, especially not without my body. You know what I mean? How could I talk when I don't have any body to talk through? So, you certainly are assisting me as is Bill, as is anybody else who comes forward to work with us in a sense of togetherness. And so it's it's mutual, is what I'm saying. Maybe roundabout way of saying things. I'd like to ask you a few questions in a couple of different areas. And of course welcome the opportunity to have you say what it is you would with this opportunity to reach so many people. Right. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about channeling for a moment. I'd also like to talk to you about yourself, and I'd like to talk to you about our plans for the planet and your visions and dreams. Right. Could you tell me, first of all, how difficult is it for you to find someone through which you can channel on the planet? It's... It's a bit difficult right now because there are not as many as I'd like. And in fact, the potential is there for every individual in the physical to channel me through if they'd only let themselves. The potential is there to do that because we're all one anyway. But the fact is it's suppressed, especially in the civilized countries of the Earth, it's suppressed, which makes it difficult right now. Was not as difficult as, as some might think. There are many mediums who are quite good, quite clear and quite sincere and dedicated to their work. There's several now I'm channeling through, several all over the world, but you see, you've got to understand the nature of the mind when we talk about this. When we talk about this phenomenal notice channeling, it's important to understand how the mind works because the mind, you know, is expensive. It could be I could be right here as I am right now talking to you through Bill 
And at the same time, I could be over in, let's say, yeah, let's say London. I could be over there, and at the same time, I could be in in Melbourne, you know. And at the same time, I could be in over in Moscow or something like that, talking simultaneously through four or five different mediums at once. And this part of me right here, that's talking to you, doesn't know that that other part of me over in London is talking also at the same time. And yet, it's all me. It's all me mind, you know. It's all me expanded mind. Now, I know this is going to sort of frustrate certain individuals who like to think in terms of structures. But they don't have a body anymore, you see. Which means I get to be everywhere. <laughs> it's wonderful. Does a synchronous mode become more obvious in your in the plane that you're in now? Well, let's, let's make sure I understand what you mean by that. I like to explain that, what you mean by synchronous mode, if you would. Where's, where everything is happening at the... There is no real time. Everything's happening at the same time, and everything's happening together. Right, okay, right. It's sort of like this. You see, there's no time anyway, except... Except when you think there's such a thing as a place, such as Earth. When you accept that there's a place such as Earth, that's moving in circles 24 hours a day, you know what I mean? And it's moving around the sun where it does, well then alright. That makes for time, because that's how it is at that level. And when I tune into the Earth plane, as I'm doing right now, excuse me, it's, what did I bump into? Alright. When I'm tuning into the earth plane as I'm doing right now, well then I've got to accept the fact that there's time. Because to you there's time, and for me to say to you there's no time would be almost ludicrous because you, you're experiencing the passing of it. Now for me, in the spirit world which, which I'm in, where I do most of me living, there is no time as such. It's a passing of experience, you know. There's no way to measure it. It's just different. The future is connected to the past, which is all in the present. That's why I've got so much trouble remembering my last life when I was John Lennon. Because I'm really not John Lennon anymore, so they tell me, although I got a bit of trouble identifying with that, oh, my dad. But, you know, that's what my teachers keep insisting. They come up and they say, you're all of those people that you ever were. And you're all those people you're ever going to be. And I say, all right, I mean, somehow that doesn't quite get get ingrained in me, you know, I can't quite grasp it. Well, that's what they tell me. There, the thought occurs to me that none of us leave this plane in a way that we might expect. And certainly that was your case. And I don't wish to discuss anything that might be painful to you, but... For those that might be interested in terms of how long it takes to acclimate yourself to the new plane, even though you may leave here disastrously, uh, was that a difficult thing for you to do? Obviously, you weren't ready to leave. Uh, you can read all about it in my little book called Little Pearls from John Lennon, which will be coming out, I hope, soon. But I will say this much about it. I better not, you know... I was, I'm tempted to use some four-letter words, but I suppose I'd better not do that, because this is radio, isn't it? So I'll just keep my language clean, but I will say this. I was damn upset about it, because I didn't want to leave my body. Not when it happened. 
pissed me off is what it did. It just annoyed me with what happened because you can't imagine the abruptness and the sudden surprise of being shot like that by somebody who thought wanted me autograph or whatever. And all of a sudden, I mean, it, I'll say this, it didn't, it wasn't as painful physically as you might think it would be. But emotionally it gave me a devil of a time. Because I did not want to let go of my body. I had, I had my little son Sean. And of course I had Yoko. And we were just sort of starting out again. Caught on some new records, you know. And, and getting creative again the way we were. And to be lifted out like that abruptly all of a sudden. It was not pleasant. And it was not something I accepted readily. Did you feel the prayers? I want to say something about that. I understand from what many people have told me that that the thoughts and the prayers of, of most of the planet were with me. And in a sense, I suppose I felt it. But I never really felt that even when I was in my body. I mean, there was something about me then about me, me love, me heart space that was closed off to that when I was in me body and I was still closed off to it when I left. A sort of like a protection or a, a wall I put up. I suppose I felt the prayers as much as I could feel them but I don't think then I was open enough to feel the intensity of it. I know the whole world was with me though because I've been told it. And maybe, in a sense, it was all those thoughts and all those prayers of the people and the physical that was tugging on me. I don't know. I look back on it and I say, that might have been it, but also I had my own troubles given off me body, and that was something within me that had nothing to do with anybody else. Maybe it was just the combination of those things, pulling me back to the physical, you know. I've had a rough time with that. But nonetheless, I've progressed. Is there, in your ability to look back, is there anything to fear in this plane, the physical plane? There's nothing to be afraid of. I look back on it and I think, what a fool I was, I never got the lesson. Which is probably why I got shot. Because, you know, there's a certain thickness in my brain sometimes. When I came over here, when I came over here right away, I didn't get the lesson. It took me a long while. I suppose in terms of Earth time, it took me a year or two to get to the point which I'm still learning. I'm not saying I got it all yet. But the lesson I'm speaking of is a lesson of love. And you know, once you love yourself without pretending the way I was pretending, then there's nothing to be afraid of. But I'll tell you this, look at me, all I did. All the things I did, the adulation I got from people, the creativity, the the people calling me John Lennon, the genius John Lennon, the prophet John Lennon, the artist. It's all a bunch of bullshit because all I was doing was looking for love. And I was afraid to truly open up my own heart to get it. That's what I was afraid of. I was afraid to be loved. I was afraid to truly let anybody love me. And there's one individual who may one day testify to that, and that's Yoko. Because she was a, 
because I think now she might understand that. I don't know that she did when I was with her in the physical body. That's the fear. You know, it's like this. And this is something I've learned since I've come over here. If there's any opposite to love, if there's any duality about this at all, then the opposite to love is being afraid. That's why I did what I did, because I was afraid. In a way, it was sort of like me calling out to the world, crying out for love, asking anybody and everybody to love me. That's why I went on stage. That's why I created. That's why I wrote songs. That's why I sang. That's why I did what I did. And you see, I never felt it coming back to me. For all the adulation, appreciation that was coming to me, I never felt it penetrate because I was close to it. That's what's to learn. That's why I got shot, because of the violent nature. You attracted the energy? That's right. Because instead of attracting love, I attracted violence. You see, I was preaching the very thing I needed to learn. Violence begets violence. It's the law of the universe. I knew it then, I know it now even better. I attracted their violence. Because within me, buried within me, was a resentment. A resentment for my father who left me, a resentment for my mother who died when I was just maybe getting closer to her. A resentment for people who didn't understand me. A resentment for feeling like I was the only one who understood myself. It was buried deep within me. There was a violence attached to that. That I was hoping to purge somehow. That I was hoping to release, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how to release it. That's why I didn't get the lesson. I had to leave. There was nothing else left to do. I was going in circles. It was time to go. That's just one reason why I left. I could go on. I'd like to know what you could tell us now about how to let it go. The fear, the violence, the negativity. It's part of your karma. It's part of the reason why you... You came into the physical incarnation that you're in. I mean, if I could tell everybody how to do it, then you wouldn't have to be incarnated. You know what I mean? It's sort of like you're in the school, you're enrolled now in the school of this incarnation. And maybe this incarnation you're in the, the sixth grade or whatever, I don't know. Whatever level you're at, or you, you, maybe you're getting your PhD, I don't know, whatever. But you're at some level. And you got to go through it, you know, you got to go through this incarnation. Because if my words could substitute for the experience that you've programmed for yourself, then you wouldn't need the experience of this earthly plane at all. Are we getting closer? I'll tell you what we're getting closer to. We're getting closer to peace on earth. We're getting closer to a sense of living together. We're getting closer to the understanding that we don't have to compete with each other, that we can live together, that all we've got to do is to be, to be the light forms, to be the living personification of love and light that we truly are. Yes, we're getting closer to knowing that. We've already known it. It's just that we forgot it. We're getting closer, I would say, to remembering it. But to get there requires a lot of letting go. It requires first admitting to yourself that if you've got any anger, then you're angry. And if you've got any hostility, then you're hostile. And if you don't like something, well, then you've got to admit to yourself you don't like it. That's what's got to be done before the rest of it can come. 
That's just the way it's got to be. You've got to purge it out. You've got to express it. I mean, you've got to be true to yourself. If I, if I could give any suggestion to the people of this planet in the physical right now, is to be true to who you are. Be who you are. Don't be who you want to be. If you want peace, you can have it. But if you don't feel it from within, then you're not going to get it. You say you could teach it. You could educate people. You could talk about it. You could write books about it. But if each and every individual on this planet does not feel peace within themselves, there'll be no peace outwardly. That's the way it works. If you don't feel it, then you don't get it. So, whatever's between you and peace, it's within yourself. It's your own negativity. It's your own darkness. It's sort of like this. There's a light shining in each of us, and I know that because there's some masters that are working with me to teach me that. Jesus Christ himself is one of them, and probably the most prominent of any, because I've had several conversations with him. And in the beginning I resisted him, because I thought, as much as I respected the man, I thought, I don't know if I really want to deal with him. But I don't resist him as much anymore. And he's one of the masters that I deal with. And there are many others. There are many others. I'd like to ask your advice in a couple of areas, or for your point of view about how we can go about doing the work, the importance of music. What direction should we take with our music to deliver the message? It's time to play, it's time to put out the music that represents the new vibration. You know, rock and roll, it was, an, it was a change in the forms, really. It was sort of an appeal to the, to the primitive nature, I think, to the cellular memories, you might say. But there's something else now that's common. And if I were in my body, I could sort of put it out to the people, just the way I feel it now. It's a new vibration. It's, a, it's, an, it's sort of a quicker frequency, you know, but it's not that pounding, boom and a boom and a boom and a like that, you know. It's not the kind of thing I used to do at all. You know, the, the sort of chords I used to play in that driving sort of rhythm, but it's different now, it's more smoothed out. You know, I think of it as... I'll, I, I sort of can describe it this way. If you could take some of the classics and combine it with some of the old rockers, and use as a thread the light, the energy of the light, that would be the next step. It's sort of like that. You take the classics, you take the rockers, and you thread them together with the thread of the golden light, you know? I don't know if that makes the point or not. Maybe. Is it, is it present now, this form of music, or is it something we still have to develop? It's common. It's common. This form of music is the kind of music that can penetrate every cell of the body, every fiber of the spirit, you know. It's visual as well as being audio. It's both visual and audio. It's almost like you could touch it. That's the kind of music I'm talking about. You could feel it around you. It, it's like it penetrates your skin. 
And at the same time, the vibrations of it are so light that it lifts you off. It's not like, how could I say it? It's the kind of music you can't resist because there's no resistance you could put up to it. It moves right through you, you know? It's that light. It's that fine. It's that spacious. And it's going to carry you off. But you say, society's not quite ready for it yet. It will be. And perhaps couple of years are are they is the public ready for more information than the media is used to giving it oh my god i'm glad you asked that question oh yes my answer is unequivocally a yes to that one the public and i'm you know i'm in touch with them i'm in touch with the people in the physical and i'm in touch with guides and teachers and the spirit People who work with people in the physical, I know this. The public is thirsty for information. They're thirsty for something that will give them hope. Because if nothing else, people want hope right now. They're reaching out for it. They're reaching for it and they're doing it privately. They're doing it secretly. They don't want the neighbor to know that they're going through pain and suffering right now. But I'll say this to you. Probably 90% of the population of the world is in deep trouble right now. And many of them are not quite aware of it yet. I mean, it's not up to the, to the level of their full consciousness. But subconsciously, they're in trouble. They're hungry, they're thirsty, they're reaching out. If the media would treat this with some seriousness, and yet with lightness, the, turn, the, the response would be overwhelming. It's got to be done in a format that's sincere, intelligent, and at the same time entertaining. Because, you see, the people don't want to go to school. They don't want to be taught, you know? It's not like, all right, Johnny, look at the blackboard, you know? I mean, when I was in school, I spent 99% of my time daydreaming, you know? That's where you appeal to the people, to the dreams, to the wants, to the desires. Then you get a response that will knock you off your feet. It's just like the Beatles, and I don't mind talking about them now. I was the leader of the Beatles. I know that. And I don't think I'll get an argument about that from most, from most people. I was the leader of the Beatles because I understood what the public wanted. And people, I mean, when we come forth on the public scene... In Europe, I think even more so in the United States, the Beatles were nothing but controversy. We stirred up the pot, you know, because we were giving people what they were looking for privately, unexpressed. And yet it was, it was exactly what they were looking for. And I knew that somehow. I can't say how, because it was not the sort of thing I could define. And yet I knew it. I knew what to write, I knew what to say, I knew how to sing it, I knew how to record it. And eventually, you see, after giving people what they wanted, there came a time when I was in a position to sort of lead people to the next step. It was sort of like I was a channel for something, for whatever that next thing was. That came up, you know, in the 60s. That's how it worked. And it's no different now, the 80s. What is this? 83, isn't it? Give it a little longer. Give it another year and a half. 
I'll say this to you. The 80s are going to be repetition of the 60s, but in a different form. Totally different form, but the same ideal. Another revolution is coming, and this is the revolution of the spirit. It is. It's a religious or spiritual overwhelming revolution. Give it another year and a half. And what I'm doing right now, talking through another person, is going to be a fad. I mean, everybody's going to say, let's go check it out. You know, it's the thing to do. Another year and a half, I promise you. Then we can get to work. Right now, we're planting the seeds. Our drugs in our culture today, do they play a role in opening up the... The vistas and the mines, should we use them? I think they did. I truly think they did. I mean, you're talking to somebody who knows. I think all the acid I did and all the pot I smoked and so on, certainly it opened me up. It opened me up to new vistas then, in the 60s and times that were quite different. But now again, we're in the 80s. I don't know that I would recommend the use of drugs to anybody, young or old or whatever, but then who am I to say? Everyone's got their own path, you know? Everyone's got their own road. For somebody, acid might be the way to go. It might be just the thing to let them see me hovering over them, you know? Whatever. I mean, or whatever the case might be. I'm not one to say. It's up to everybody to follow their own internal voice, you know? That's what I recommend, if anything. That you listen to that little voice within you. And everybody's got a voice talking to them. It's just that there's so much... There's there's the roar of the cities right now. There's there's all that distraction and all that noise and all the... The distractions of the brain. Cutting people off from that quiet wisdom within them. That's the way of the 80s. To, to tune in to that little voice. And to, and to show others that it's there. To share it. That's the way I think. That's my own opinion on that. That's what I would do when I'm still in the body. I want to see if anyone else in the room has anything that they'd like to ask you. Right. To Does anybody else in the room have a question then? Also, of me. I'm happy to answer, to respond. In the own little way. This is an overwhelming experience for us, as I'm sure you can imagine. And the sense that I get when you were making music and knowing what the public wanted is that you must have sensed great love. Well, you know, I want to tell you something. I was doing it all for me. I was a selfish little shit, you know. I really was. I was doing it all for me because whatever that was inside of me, it wanted out. It wanted out. And I love people. I do. I love people. I've always loved people. I've always loved to entertain people. I've always loved to talk to people. I've always loved to give people a helping hand, you know. I, that's That's been the case with me, and I haven't changed on that. I still love people so much. Are we to look for single leaders? In this time that's common, you mean? Yeah. There'll be many leaders emerging. Some of them are going to be phony there. Watch out for them. I'll tell you that. Watch out for the ones that capitalize on prophecies. You know, the prophets for profit. Watch out for them. They'll emerge. But there are, there'll be others too. There'll be the authentic ones emerging. Many of them. And you, you'll know who they are. The ones who are aware, the ones who listen to that voice within them, will be able to distinguish 
The ones you can't distinguish, well, that's what they have to land. That's why they're here, in the physical army. Leaders are going to emerge, all right, and there's going to be all sizes and shapes of them, and every one of them is going to have something to say, and whether they're authentic or false, they all play a part in what's coming. I could only say this to you. There's something that certain people are going to share. You already are sharing it. And that's that light within you. That I know. There's a light that shines within each and every individual. And everybody that's in the body right now is in the body to discover that light. Some people are going to find out in this incarnation. And those of you who discover that light and shine it, you're going to know each other. Because you're going to shine that light on each other. And the people who don't discover that light, don't judge them. You'll know who they are because they'll be in darkness. And that's the difference. Those, in, those walking in the light and those walking in darkness. You're going to know each other. You'll know the difference. And I'll say to you, if you know the light, don't be judgmental of the ones in the dark. Because they're on the path too, you know. Ask you one more question. Certainly. Do you think we'll save the planet? We're going to save the planet, and I'll tell it to you this way. So many people are going to leave their bodies between now and the year 2010. Lots of people are going to leave their bodies. I'm saying there's going to be a famine, there's going to be natural catastrophes, there's going to be wars, and there's going to be diseases that you never even that you don't have names for right now. You could count on that, but there's also going to be the positive side to this. Because with all the negative that's going on, people are going to be working miracles over these next 30, 40 years. People are going to be working miracles, i say it again. People are going to be tuned into the spirits, like me and those more evolved than me. And the ones who work the miracles... Well, I put it this way. There's certain individuals who came into this lifetime, into this incarnation, and before they were even born, they made an arrangement that they will be the ones to carry on after the others left. And that's what's going to happen. Many people are going to shed their bodies in various ways, abruptly and simultaneously over the next 30 years. But those who left behind are the ones meant to carry on. And I can't put a specific time on it. I say 30 years, that's approximate. Nobody knows exactly when all this takes place. But we're going to save it. And what we're going to be left with is an earth that, that has forgotten what fear and anxiety and hatred feel like. That's what we'll have when it's all, when all of this cleansing and purging is behind us. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what we're working towards. And I'm just the spokesman for that now. That's my job. That's my new job, you know. I accepted it. So, how's it going out there? Okay? Are you getting along? I'm doing alright, you know. I'm getting along just fine. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying myself, I'm learning a lot, and I'm finding out what it is I can do and can't do. 
I mean, in fact, I can do anything, but it's a matter of figuring that out, you know? Anything uh, else before we go that you'd like to, to say to anyone in particular or to everyone? You've said so much already. I want to tell people. You can have anything you want, it's true. If you want peace in your life, you can have it in your life. If you want peace in this world, all it takes is a few great powerful minds getting together to make that agreement that we're going to create peace and love and prosperity and anything else you ask for. All it takes is just a few people thinking along the right path to create any of those things. You can have it. Just agree to it. Put it out with your thoughts, and it'll be yours. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Love and respect. It's been my pleasure. I thank all of you for being here, for participating, for assisting me to come through with this message. I want to say there's many others gathered here besides me and all of you present in your physical bodies. There's dozens of us right now. And we all thank you. We're all together. Bless you all, my friends, and I'll say goodbye with that. Thank you. Goodbye, John. Goodbye, John.